0: Okay, brainstorming session time. Ideas for sketches about COVID-19, go.
1: Something, something, something Spanish flu.
0: Uh, It's timely, with it being almost exactly a century ago. Spanish flu sounds a little bit racist.
1: Yeah, I guess it's a bit like Trump's China virus.
0: Mm. Uh, Oh, how about a musical number based on David Bowie's China Girl?
1: Josh, are you suggesting we sing? Sorry, Josh, are you suggesting... You
0: sing. Well, the self-isolation's getting to me. I, w- I was singing The Hills Are Alive with the Sound of Music the other day. In public.
1: I know. Also without pants. It made the news. Yes. Anyway, enough of the local news. Uh, what other ideas do we have? Something, something. The Black Plague. Oh, juicy. And pustulant. And pestilent.
0: Mm. Okay, so some marketplace scene?
1: Perhaps someone collecting the dead? Oh, and he knocks on someone's door and says something
0: like, bring out your dead, bring out your dead. Yeah, but, 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 but it turns out the person he's collecting isn't dead. Just mostly dead. Yeah, so there's this debate about whether he can take the corpse. The the almost corpse.
1: Yeah, away, yep, yeah, and then. And then, and then, and then the corpse claims to be getting better.
0: Yeah, and he's like, You're not fooling anyone, one of them says. And then the corpse collector hits the almost corpse on the head and takes it away anyway. Yes. Yeah, I think we've got it. A fine sketch and, and not at all derivative. Oh look, a lovely pair of coconuts. The podcaster's guide to the conspiracy, brought to you today by Josh Addison and Dr. M Denton. And welcome to the podcaster's guide to the conspiracy. I am Josh Edison in Auckland, New Zealand. Uh, still in Auckland, New Zealand, I believe, is Dr. M. Dentith haven't fled down to Hamilton. Although I see well, people I have mean, been we crying. Kind of can't. It. I mean, are there are I mean, no one's
1: gonna flee to Hamilton for Easter. But there are people fleeing Auckland for mm, Easter because or at least least. people seem to think that because Jesus Christ is dead, it is going to rise, they get to go to the Coromandel?
0: I have no idea. Something like that. Yes, no, the police have apparently been out stopping cars, heading, heading south, suspiciously laden with um, holiday and gear and telling them no Easter. Sorry, it still does mean we're in lockdown you don't you don't get the weekend off being on lockdown but um, but josh what did jesus die for um uh, you actually about, don't know do you you have no idea because you aren't religious something about sins was he pro or against them
1: yeah that's a really good question i mean he died hmm. for our sins so i'm assuming so he was for he, sinning right yeah he right. was for sinning yeah, jesus okay. died to allow us to continue to sin yeah i'm pretty all that tracks
0: sounds like a fun guy you should you should be the next pope Mm, well, I don't see why I couldn't be. Yes, yeah, so, so we are still in lockdown, uh, two weeks in now. Uh, the good news is, is it, it appears to be working. The the number of cases of COVID-19 in New Zealand has not risen exponentially. It's sort of been a, a sort of a linear growth, which appears to be slowing down. So we're not out of the woods yet, but it looks like... So
1: we've had three consecutive days of diminishing numbers of people being of diagnosed with infections. COVID-19. Mm and increasing numbers of people recovering from COVID-19, which means it is possible we'll get to R0 within a few weeks, where R0 is we have more people recovering from the virus than actually getting the virus, which means that our eliminative strategy actually might work and we might eradicate COVID-19 in our nation state borders, at which point we close our borders for all time, we relocate the country using the mechanism from lost the TV series, and you will never hear from us again
0: mm. yeah don 't think you were supposed to tell them that, but yes, yep that 's out now, so yeah, which unfortunately means if, if nobody ever hears from us again, what are we going to do with our our giant podcasting empire that appears to be growing by the day
1: i know we we 've had four new patrons in the space of a fortnight, which may not seem like much, but for this podcast, that is a growth spurt, which indicates a pandemic of people subscribing mm. to the podcast's Guide to the Conspiracy.
0: Which is the kind of pandemic we like.
1: Yes, podcast's Guide to the Conspiracy, yeah. all four pandemics, mm. and also expansions to the game pandemic.
0: Mm. Uh, so, yes, more patrons, um, our empire grows. Uh, you, you've, been, you've been off on some side hustle, I understand. So
1: I was asked by a friend of the show and listener of the show, Objective Reality, to appear on reserved recommendations, which is a little radio segment for Manuatu's radio station on things that people want to recommend to other people that you might have a slight reservation about. And sometimes you might be a little bit reserved about wanting to talk about conspiracy theories, but sometimes you want to listen to an expert who knows what conspiracies are and whether or not we should believe them. And that was what I talked about for an hour, and, of course, was cheating on you as I did it.
0: Mm, Well, how, how very like you. So people can see that online if they're of a mind too?
1: It's available online. It's on Spotify. There'll be a link in the show notes for this episode for people who want to listen to me talk for an hour on conspiracy theories, which I kind of assume they do. Given they're listening to a podcast right where now, yeah. I talk about conspiracy theories for half an hour, you get twice the content hmm.
0: for free. Double the dentist, I believe, is the phrase we like to use. It's, it's
1: true. I mean, that, <laughs> it's, is a phrase now, anyway. that, it's a phrase that trips off people's lips all the time. Oh, good old doubling the dentist. Yes. Now, you know what also doubles the dentist?
0: Twins. No,
1: Are we going for a no. twin segue? No, no, no. I was no. Actually, although that actually would be genius. No, and frankly, no, now I actually feel like we have to do that again in just a few minutes. We could double the earth by becoming a patron of this episode, or indeed this podcast series, Mm. and getting access to our bonus episodes. But not just that. We are going to try something that's never been tried before in the history of podcasting. It definitely has been tried before in the history of podcasting. We are going to live stream next week's episode on Discord for our patrons.
0: Right. And we're confident we know how to do that. And by we, I mean you.
1: Because oh, I have some software that in theory should work. I'm not guaranteeing it's going to work, but we're going to attempt to live stream this podcast next week on Discord.
0: Excellent. Okay, well that'll be an adventure.
1: I bet what will happen is we live stream me. And there's just a whole bunch of silence whenever you're talking.
0: Quite quite possibly, yeah. But we'll we'll see. Baby steps, teething issues, potty training. It's all there. We'll we'll get there.
1: Precisely. Mm.
0: Now do you wanna do you wanna give me the um the, the double feeder line again, and I can work it into a, a proper segue.
1: Why, Josh? We could also double our dentith in other ways
0: by talking about twins. Say, twin Polish country leaders.
1: Yes, that way we could double our. Now we need to know how do you say what's a what's a Polish version of dentith?
0: Oh gosh, I don't know. Dince. Uh, no, no, that would be more yeah, no, that's, Romanian. Sound, that's, yeah, that sounds about, um, very Romanian. No, I'm, I'm afraid I'm not, I'm not down with my Polish. The, the point is we're going to talk about twin Polish... Uh, well, political leaders. Political leaders, yeah, that's a good one, nice and generic. In our incredibly irregular series on um, dead politicians, we've done Ulf Palmer. We've mentioned, what was his name, Howard Holt, the Australian guy who went missing. Uh, now it's Poland's turn. Howard Holt? I don't think it is Howard Holt. No I, don't, no, I don't think it was. It was someone, someone Holt. Doesn't matter. We're not talking about him. We are talking about the Kaczynski brothers. The brothers Kaczynski. And we're going to do that now. This is the worst
1: segue I think we've done in quite some time. Right, Josh, hit me with some Polish pronunciation of people's names.
0: Right, so today we are going to be talking about the brothers Lech and Jarosław Kaczynski. Uh, these two Polish men are twin brothers. Uh, apparently they were they were child movie stars. They 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 parlayed their twinness into being adorable twin boys in some movie in Poland when they were kids, but they grew up to become. Country leaders. Uh, I don't know. This is like a few, fair few countries around Europe. It doesn't. It's not something I'm quite familiar with. But Poland, like say Russia and other ones, has a president and a prime minister. And they were both of them. Uh, Lech um, Kaczynski was uh, president of um, of Poland, and his brother Jaroslaw was the prime minister at the same time. Which I. It was certainly the first time twins had done it. Uh, I'm not sure if it was the first time siblings had, had done something like that before, but obviously it was, it was fairly notable. So that's interesting as, it's, as it stands. But um, then we get to the Smolensk air disaster.
1: Yeah, so we're going all the way back to the 10th of April, 2019. 2019? 2010. 2010. Not that recent. No, I mean, Mm. I've just got that date completely wrong. Going all the way back to the 10th of April, 2010, where Lek and a whole bunch of other Polish governmental and military VIPs were on a plane basically travelling to the location of the Kaiten Massacre, something we've covered in the podcast Mm -hmm. before, when their plane crashed near Slumenk's North Airport in Russia and everybody on board the plane died.
0: Yep, 69 people in total. Um, so as you can imagine, th- this was a massive deal. Um, it wasn't. It's not like it was the entire Polish government, but it was a bunch of important people, uh, the president included.
1: Now, do we want to briefly mention what the Katyn Massacre was for people prob- who haven't listened to our series on false flag events?
0: We probably should. I, th- I think I looked it up at the time in Katynia was the was the pronunciation, but... Um, but you know me and my pronunciation of any word. Well, nevertheless... This 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 was the interesting one. This was uh, episode 157, as I recall, uh, in the middle of our series on real false flag events that actually happened. And this was the one that put us in the uncomfortable position of defending the Nazis for an episode because the Katynia episode was um, during World War II, 1940. Um, the Soviets executed around 22,000 Polish prisoners. So that's when they say massacre, they're not kidding and uh, sort of hid them all in mass graves. But then when, when the mass graves were found on account of them being massive, um, they tried to blame it on the Nazis because basically, you know, who are you going to listen to, me or the Nazis?
1: And I mean, at this point, Russia had shifted its mm. allegiance from the Nazis to the Allies. Yeah. So they, were so they, they weren't point. going to take responsibility for something they did with their previous allies. They were going to blame their previous allies for the thing they actually did.
0: Mm. So the Nazis certainly did a lot of very, very, very horrible things. But one particular horrible
1: is very, very definite mm. on not liking Nazis.
0: Not liking the Nazis, no, and I don't care who knows it. Uh, but it turns out this one particular incredibly horrible thing they didn't actually do, despite the fact that uh, Russia tried to pin it on them, and in the in the war crimes tribunals that followed World War Two. Uh, the sort of the US and the UK who are still kind of allied with Russia kind of took their side, even though the evidence didn't really suggest it. But anyway, the, the truth came out eventually. Now, it um, should be pointed
1: out that Russia doesn't like Poland commemorating the Katyn massacre. No. Russia would rather that people don't talk about the Katyn massacre at all. And they especially don't want the Poles to make any kind of political capital out of the fact that Russia has done bad things.
0: Mm. Nevertheless, 70th anniversary, I guess, is kind of significant. So some people were off to commemorate it. And then the plane crash happened. So the official version is uh, it was very, very heavy fog coming into Smolensk North Airport. Um, And due to a variety of of, um, errors, the pilots came in too low on their approach, um, clipped a tree, um, they, the plane apparently lost a wing when it, it hit a birch tree. They even identified the species. Um, lost a wing, rolled, crashed, uh, killed everyone on board. Um, so, from. from-
1: Indeed, the, the report, which I'm now going to read out in my best fake Polish accent, which is going to be received pronunciation. The immediate cause of the accident was a descent below the minimum descent altitude at an excessive rate of descent in weather conditions, which prevented visual contact with the ground, as well as a delayed execution of the go-around procedure. Those circumstances led to an impact on a terrain obstacle resulting in separation of a part of the left wing with Alarion, and consequently to the loss of aircraft control and eventual ground impact.
0: Mm. Yes, so a very serious um, event entirely. So serious that I'm not even going to make a crude sexual innuendo about the phrase delayed execution of the go-around procedure Um, and jump straight into the fact that this was was immediately investigated, obviously being a massive deal. Uh, It it happened on Russian soil, so sort of Russia investigated, but Poland sent over a lot of investigators as well. Apparently, now I've, I've seen the claim, but I haven't seen sort of anything to back up the claim supposedly Russia was a bit cagey with some of the evidence that they wouldn't return any of the wreckage of the plane and that they wouldn't return things like the flight data recorders although apparently they did release full transcripts or or at least or or at least transcripts of the flight data recorders so there was a little bit of a stink around that but um Essentially, Russia and Poland were in agreement to begin, and with. that's
1: consistent with the way that Russia has dealt with MH17.
0: Mm, mm, yes. Um, so, there, so, so that was that was the initial investigations and the what you would want to call the official version. But we're a conspiracy theory podcast, and it will not surprise you at all to hear that the deaths of numerous. Um, Uh, uh, political, military VIPs, um, has attracted a whole bunch of conspiracy theories as well, has it not?
1: It has indeed. So, the Karkiski brothers were members of, in fact one of them still is, given Mm -hmm. he's alive, the Law and Order Party, which should immediately...
0: Law and Justice, I think.
1: Ah, right, so you've actually...
0: That's because that's because someone has written. Yes. Oh, that's because I've that's somebody. Okay, yes, somebody I me, wrote it wrong the first time, but I get it right the rest of the time, so that's okay. I, I say so on average, on average, I'm not a buffoon. All right,
1: so the law, the Law and Justice Party, which is a right-wing political party in Poland, it's associated with parties such as Fideas in Hungary and the Romanian Social Democrats in Romania. So it's considered to be an illiberal party, and that, whilst it technically runs in a democracy, it doesn't really hold to the ideals of liberal democracy. They want to carve their own nationalistic, patriotic way. Which, of course, meant there was an initial disjunct between trusting whether Russia was going to do an investigation because it's Russia, and trusting whether Russia was going to do a proper investigation because it wasn't being performed by the poles.
0: Mm. So I mean, straight away there were suggestions that, that this was no mere accident, this was no no freak crash, that it was actually an assassination, that it was uh, an act of war, that it was an attempted coup, um, and in most cases, people would try to would want to blame it on Russia. Um, and obviously given that this was um involved with the commemoration of an event where a bunch of Russians killed a whole bunch of Poles, there there, there was there was bad blood involved. Um and th- these weren't uh, th- these conspiracy theories, they were coming from pretty much at the top. Um, one man, Artur Gorski, who was an MP in the Law and Justice Party, um, pretty much straight away. Uh, very soon after the, the accident claimed that um, Smolensk air traffic controllers had been ordered, presumably by their Russian superiors, to prevent the plane from landing so that, um, uh, so that the president wouldn't be able to attend this commemoration, um, and that resulted in the crash. He walked back on that fairly quickly when people said, what the hell, dude, do you have any evidence for that whatsoever? At which point he claimed he was in a state of deep shock. Yes, emotions, emotions running high, um, and that caused him to make the unsupported claim. But uh, nevertheless, uh, President Kaczynski's brother, Yaroslav, um, he also has reckoned that he thought it was. He, he thinks it was an assassination. Um, now it should be said.
1: Now, yeah, yeah, it should be said that it's not clear that he continues to think that to this day.
0: Mm. But he has a a record. He
1: has in the past indicated a sympathy towards people who think it was a conspiracy by Russia to stop the Polish government from being able to commemorate the Kaitien massacre. He's rather circumspect about talking about that today, Mm. which people take to either be walking back on it or... I've said what I've said I don't need to say any more especially since if I say anything more that cuz causes ruptures in the party so it's just best to to say
0: nothing at all. Mm. Now um we should say that at the time in 2010 at the time of the crash um, while Lech was still president, um, at that point, the Law and Justice Party had been voted out. And so, Jarosław was no longer prime minister. He was the leader of the opposition. Um, and so, at the time, and, and for some time afterwards, he, he talked about this idea that it was some sort of an assassination and claimed that uh, Donald Tusk, who, who was the prime minister at the time, um, was involved in, in some sort of a cover-up. Um, and then the other figure who came up a bit is um, Antoni Matserowicz, who was at one time defence leader and deputy leader of the Law and Justice Party. Um, so he apparently has also pushed this, um, pushed this theory. And in 2015, when uh, the, 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 the usual political cycle came around again and Law and Justice found themselves back in power, they commissioned another investigation, which was headed up by Mr Matserowicz. Um, and in, it started in 2016. In 2018, it published a report which basically said the plane had been destroyed in the air by an explosion that it had not crashed, um, and that Russian air traffic controllers at the Smolensk Base had misled the pilots about the plane's location during its approach to the runway. So those are the official ones. There, are, there, there have been a fair few other conspiracy theories, though.
1: It's, now, I should also point out that... Law and Justice's vendetta against Tusk continues to this day. So Tusk was interviewed in the first investigation for the air disaster and found to not have anything to do with it. When Law and Justice came back into power as a dominant party in Poland and they did their second investigation, they relitigated all of their complaints about Tusk again and once again found that he probably had nothing to do with it whatsoever. And there are still talks about trying to get Tusk in front of the courts for a third time, because it seems that the conclusion is he definitely did it, we just need to find a way to prove it.
0: Shades of Benghazi?
1: Basically, yes. uh, The Swinetsk air disaster is the Benghazi of Poland. You Hmm. heard it here, folks.
0: Makes sense so i mean other other theories um people have claimed that uh russia that, that it wasn't it wasn't thick fog the thick fog was no accident that artificial fog had been had been pumped out to or geo weapons
1: so mm-hmm. y- using the weather against the poles yeah weather control
0: um Yeah, planting explosives on the plane. So we'll talk a bit more in a minute about these claims that the explosives are involved. Um, Claims of interfering with the bodies, um, faking autopsies, uh, sewing the bodies of victims back together. Um, Some people say that the Kremlin had murdered uh, Kaczynski specifically. because he had uh, travelled to Georgia to support Georgia in its war with Russia, so there was a political motive involved. And
1: it's, of course, it's not unknown for Russia to be rather angsty about people supporting things that it doesn't like. Mm. We've covered multiple instances of that on this podcast alone.
0: Mm. Uh, Speaking of which, NATO, um, an organisation that has been at odds with Russia in the past, they were a little uncomfortable about the whole thing because... um, some of the the military officials on the plane um, had secret NATO sort of communication key codes, had, had USB sticks and so on that had uh, important NATO information of it, uh, which, assuming they weren't destroyed in the crash, all presumably would have en- ended up in the hands of the Russians as well.
1: Which, given that the theory goes that Russia didn't hand over any physical evidence after their investigation means that if those things survived, then Russia was able to cover that up.
0: So as to the explosions, um, there were a a local magazine, I think, early on during the very first investigation, uh, made claims that traces of explosives were found during the crash investigation. Um, apparently Polish, the uh, prosecutors, fa- fairly quickly said, no, that's not true. Certain trace chemicals were found, um, but though there were a bunch of things that could have caused that, uh, explosives are just one of them. There, there, there are plenty other common substances um, that could have resulted in those readings.
1: And that makes me think of the whole complaint against genetic engineering with don't you realise they're putting fruit fly DNA into our potatoes? Case okay, so- of. You do realise that genetically, most of us have fruit fly DNA somewhere in us anyway.
0: Mm, yes, the way it all works out. So the um, the case against explosives is um, apparently the, the, the way the wreckage was found. Uh, the wreckage was... Uh, found in a, a fairly small area, which is what you'd expect if a plane crashed into the ground, whereas if it, it had exploded in the air, the wreckage should have been over a, a much wider area, which supposedly it was not, um, and the layout of the wreckage itself. Um, in an explosion, apparently, you would expect to see stuff from the inside of the plane um. Or at least if the, if the plane does crash, you'd expect to see stuff from the inside of the plane wouldn't appear in the wreckage until the plane had actually hit the ground and broken up, whereas in a mid-air explosion, you could have internal materials sort of scattered around and mixed in with it, and apparently that was also not the case. Um, but other people have claimed that the wreckage tells a different story.
1: Well, yes, so British air accident investigator Frank Taylor, who investigated the Lockerbie bombing. We've never talked about the Lockerbie bombing, have we?
0: Never talked about Lockerbie, no. No, maybe we should, yes. Maybe we should do a a whole series
1: of air disasters. Mm,
0: might get a little depressing, but we could give it a go.
1: Airplane, Airplane 2, the sequel. We could try to make Airplane 3. I mean, Leslie Nielsen's still alive, isn't
0: he? Oh, if you can call that living. Well, yes, that's that's true. The movies he's been alive
1: in. He analysed high-res photos of the crash site. It's probably important to note, he didn't actually go to the crash site itself. He simply looked at photos that were provided to him. And his claim is that Russia's investigation was basically post-facto. They had a conclusion that the plane hit a tree, rolled, and crashed into the ground. And then they fitted their evidence to suit based on the fact he doesn't think the photos actually match that particular type of crash. But conversely, people would claim that's what he's doing as well, and that he was suspicious of the crash narrative in the first place. So then looked at the photos and went, Oh, what can I find which is unusual about these photos? To then justify the claim, I think the evidence was rigged in the first place.
0: Yeah, so he he sort of seemed to think that the way the way certain things, the direction of certain things, the way they'd gone, wasn't consistent with the plane's wing hitting a tree. It, so he, he he thought that there had been some sort of explosion on the wing, um, which had caused stuff to hit to the tree after the wing had exploded off the plane or something. That, that's sort of the story he seemed to tell, but. It sort of reminds me of the 9/11 truthers who, who get to the point of saying, "Ah, so they planted explosives on the building and the ones above where the plane supposedly hit made it look like it was collapsing freefall and the ones under didn't sort of tell a very complicated story how the explosions were designed to make it look exactly like it was crashing and he sort of seems to be telling a story of how you, these explosives were carefully placed to make it look like a plane hit a tree when it seems like the simpler explanation is simply that a plane hit a tree. And indeed, if you were going to fake that specific scenario, you'd need to ensure that the, you'd need to get the plane off course, that it's close enough to the trees. Like, you know, if it, if it exploded way, way up in the sky, then it wouldn't look like it had hit a tree anyway. So they'd need to get it. And if they could do that, why not crash it into a tree anyway? Um, it, yeah, it, it, it's, um, he's, a, he's a, what do you call it? He's a minority report. He's a... A dissenting opinion. You're saying he's a Tom um, Cruise film. He is a Tom Cruise film. He's literally, what's her name, Emily Watson or whoever it was, lying in a tank of goo. Literally.
1: Isn't the Emily Watson film Edge of Tomorrow?
0: No, that's Emily Blunt. And it's not Emma Watson. I'm thinking of the other one. But it doesn't matter. Emily Morton. Mortimer? Morton. Again, doesn't Hi, matter. you're listening to the um, podcaster's
1: guide to Tom Cruise films. We don't know the names of actors in the films other than the fact that Tom Cruise
0: is in them. Mm. Uh, but yes, so, so basically, there, there have been claims of an explosion, but um, I haven't seen anything particularly concrete. That um, would suggest it was anything other than an impact with a tree. But There's what, about the, other...
1: bodies, well, what about the bodies, Joshua? What about the
0: bodies? Yes. Now, as you can imagine, um, a plane, uh, sort of a fiery plane crash meant that in many cases there wasn't a lot left of the bodies uh, and what was left was not in one piece. Um, so there was, a lot of, there was a lot of searching done to to recover and identify all the remains, um, there was there was some report where a person suggested that they they sort of sifted through the ground down to a depth of a meter, the whole area, and got everything they found, although apparently that was a misunderstanding of what they meant was that when they found a body part or any sort of human remains, they would in that area dig down to a depth of a meter and look all around them. They they claimed that um they were fairly thorough in their search, although then people later said that um. This was uh, the crash in April. Supposedly, people who sort of made a made something of a pilgrimage to the site in September of that year reckoned they found human remains out there themselves, suggesting they hadn't got everything. But there was there was talk of uh, we mentioned before, sort of fake autopsies and bodies being stitched together weirdly. Uh, the, in Poland, uh, the son of a political activist who was on the plane claims that the wrong body was returned to him, and that he was threatened with jail for speaking out about this. And claims that no relative can be sure they've actually buried their loved ones. Um, so there, there were, there, yes, there, there were claims of, um, a, at the very least, uh, mix-ups with the human remains. Although, from the sounds of things, given the state of some of the remains, perhaps that was that was inevitable.
1: Although one of the things that comes out of this is if, and there's a big if here, the theory is that they were finding remains in the forest well after the event, so 18 months after the the initial search and investigation, then that might support hypothesis of explosion in midair because if the original investigation was limited to the crash site based upon the plane hitting a tree, rolling and crashing into the ground, then of course you'd expect the bodies to be located in a fairly well-defined small area. If you then start finding bodies outside of that area, then that suggests that maybe the crash isn't as described. The problem here being that the theory that they found bodies outside of the area is largely rumour and conjecture. We don't have evidence they found additional bodies from that plane crash. So... If they did, that might suggest the conspiracy theory that the crash was a mid-air explosion, but there's a really big if operating there.
0: So those, um, th- th- those seem to be the main main elements of conspiracy theories around the plane crash, but there's another little, another little aspect to it, of course, because as we said right at the start, we're talking about twins, twin brothers, one of whom died. And um that, that that scenario has been just a little bit little bit too too tempting for people to suggest what if there had been some sort of a switcheroo? What if the twin who we thought died actually didn't, and the the twin who's now alive isn't the one that we think they are in some sort of weird, not quite parent trap. Actually, you mentioned the prestige yes, in some sort of the prestige-type situation. Now, what's
1: interesting about this particular theory of a twin pretending to be the other twin is that in this case, it kind of did happen. Because after Lick died in the air disaster, his brother pretended to be him when visiting their mother in hospital. Because it turned out that their mother was ailing with a fairly serious illness. And the surviving brother went, I don't really want to tell mum that my brother is dead. And she's going in and out of consciousness because she's quite ill. So I will dress up like my brother to go and visit her. And if she gets better, then I'll explain the ruse to her. Because I think at the moment, if I tell her her son is dead, she's
0: going to die as well. Mm. And I believe, yeah, at other points, um, made up stories about where Lech was, uh, to, to the extent of, uh, I think I read something in that article about um, faking newspapers, about, oh, oh yes, no, he he can't come and see you now because he's off on this official trip, see, here's a newspaper article about it, he, he went to that extent as well, of uh, trying to spare his mother, and apparently, I believe she did recover, and he was eventually able to tell her the truth. Yes, yeah. Um, but... One does have to wonder. I mean, it's, it, it just seems a little bit cute, I guess, suggesting this sort of thing. It's it's kind of something something people, a theory people would come up with just because just it makes for a good story, I suppose. I mean, would there be any advantage to the brother, the surviving brother using this situation to trade places?
1: No, I mean, you can imagine, and I really have to stretch imagine here. Imagine a situation where you have two twins, one of which is president of the country, one of which hopes to be prime minister, end up going, you know, you pretend to be prime, uh, to be president this week, you know, see what it's like to have a little bit of power. But you can't actually imagine that working long term because there's going to be a whole bunch of policy things you're just not going to get right or procedural things that people will begin to note. And they kind of know you're a twin. So they're going to end up going, Mm. yeah, you're uh, you're just pretending to be this today, aren't you? You're actually not lick at all. But I think apart from the fact there was the impersonation of the other in front of the mother, which wasn't meant to rhyme but does, The fact that both twins have held high position in Polish government since, not since, one before, one afterwards, has led people to go, there is something unusual about this political dynasty. It's almost as if the brother who died on the plane wasn't the president because the brother who survived is the president now? So I think there's a there's a little bit of post hoc, mm. post hoc ergo proctor hoc going on here, which is we want to explain why it is these twins have been so powerful in politics. It's almost easier to pretend they're a singular individual than go no, actually, one of them s- simply succeeded the other.
0: Yeah. So I mean, no matter, no matter. Which way you look at it, though, it's still quite an interesting case. It's a unique, as far as I'm aware, instance of um, twin, twins leading a country at various times. And then you have um, a tragic death on top of it. Um, or well, I, I think tragic death no matter what you think, uh, whether or not that was a tragic accident or um, something more sinister is another issue. Um, and I think that's all we had to say. On the interesting case of the brothers Kaczynski.
1: Indeed. Now, on a uh, administrative note, Josh, have you been noticing some weird pauses in tonight's video transfer?
0: Yes, you've you've um, occasionally sort of slowed down and then sped up a little bit to catch up. I think our internet connection has been has been slightly taxed.
1: Yes, in fact, I think the internet connections for the entire country are slightly taxed at this particular Mm. point in time, with a lot of people in their isolated bubbles, using the internet more so than usual. The country's IT infrastructure has been ever so slightly under load, which might explain some of the weird verbosity or silences in this recording, Mm. as we're trying to to cover the fact that I don't think I've got through to the other side just yet. Because there's been a few times where I've said something and there's been a two or three second delay before you've made your customary hmm before moving Ooh. on to your next point.
0: Yes, no, we've had a couple of points at my end when you've just suddenly gone and then suddenly started talking very quickly for a second until you resumed your usual pace. Now, uh, if
1: we could predict when these occurred... we we'll i start talking really quickly. Right now. Or start talking very mm. slowly.
0: To counteract that effect. But I guess to know that... Yes, but then you'd have to know what I'm seeing of you at my end and I'd have to give you some sort of a signal because at that time the connection's gone wonky, you'd get the signal too late, so it'd probably, probably end up amplifying the weird, slowy-downy, speedy-up stuff. What we need is a you kind of
1: referee uh, in the mm, middle mm. that tells us when to
0: go and when to stop. Yes. Anyway, I, I think uh, the point is, uh core quality is probably being a bit dodgy this episode, so sorry about that. But um, that's the reality of the, the locked down world that we're living in.
1: Indeed. Now, of course, for patrons, we have bonus content coming up. And oh, the bonus content we have. We're going to talk about the fact that Alex Jones is going to reveal the identity of Q to the entire world. Then we're going to do a little bit of the traditional COVID-19 discussion, which is going to feature federal people, seizing hospital supplies, miracle cures being put forward by Silicon Valley, including a whole list of interesting side effects you might get from using those particular cures, a rehash of the old 5G causes COVID-19, and a little bit of... Additional, we're, going to, we're going to both start and end with Alex Jones News.
0: Mm. So um, if you're a patron, stick around uh, for that. If you're not a patron and you'd like to be, go to patreon.com and search for the podcaster's guide to the conspiracy or go to where, are we, um, where this podcast is hosted at conspiracism.podbean.com and use their native patronage thing.
1: And remember, next week, all going well, we'll be live streaming the episode to our patrons via Discord.
0: Yes, which means we can uh, take questions. um, I'm thinking we probably won't take questions in the
1: main episode, but we might take questions if there are people actually listening in and and interacting with us in the patron bonus episode. It's kind of a test bed for doing a call-in love line style thing. Mm, We can give you advice that is of no use to you whatsoever.
0: Some sort of agony aunt business or... I mean, I guess the other uh, other possibility is if, if you've ever wanted to sort of heckle us, and if you find yourself sort of shouting at the podcast while you listen to it because of the obviously ludicrous things we say, you could, you could, you could get in and, and actually vent at us for real, actually genuinely dent our egos. But
1: to do that, you will have to give us money
0: because mm,
1: you can yes. only heckle us if you give us at least a dollar a month.
0: Mm, yep. No, patrons only for the heckling. But
1: and, Drew, if you're thinking I want to heckle you, it, for your heckling privileges, have to be two dollars a month.
0: Ooh. Anyway, so that that um, that brings this week's um, episode to an end. The the podcasters' guide to the conspiracy in lockdown. It's going to be that way for at least another couple of weeks. I mean, the, the the lockdown period was definitely definitely going to be four weeks. They've said they won't be finishing it early, no matter what. And they're only going to make an announcement of whether we're going to move
1: down to alert level three. Two days before Mm. the lockdown is meant to end,
0: anyway. Yep, so it'll be some time before we know whether or not we can actually. Although, I suppose once the lockdown ends, you'll be back down to Hamilton and we'll be. Well, it's not clear
1: because the university will not be doing any face to face teaching at all this year. Ah, so I am renting a room down in Hamilton, so I will have to go down at some point to sort that out. But in reality, there's no need for me to necessarily be in Hamilton. So it kind of depends on whether the university reopens. So if they reopen the offices, then I'll go back down because having an office to work in is better than not having an office to work in. But if it turns out the university is completely shut down and you're doing online teaching, I can do that
0: anywhere in the world. Mm. Oh well, so who knows then? Once once all this lockdown business is over, we may have side by side recordings unhampered by by dodgy internet connections. But um, until then, you'll just have to put up with this, uh, the same as the rest of the world, I suppose.
1: Indeed, the future remains uncertain.
0: Mm. But what is certain is that it's the end. And what do we do at the end? We say oh, we say goodbye. That's oh. where I was going. Yeah, okay. no, it wasn't. Wasn't anything fancy.
1: You never want to do anything fancy. You never no. want to do anything fancy.
0: No, watch me not do something fancy right now. Goodbye, everyone. Toodley pip pip.
1: You've been listening to the podcaster's Guide to the Conspiracy, starring Josh Addison and Dr. MR Extentive, which is written, researched, recorded, and produced by Josh and M. You can support the podcast by becoming a patron via its Podbean or Patreon campaigns. And if you need to get in contact with either Josh or M, you can email them at podcastconspiracygmail.com at or check their Twitter accounts, Monkey Fluids and Conspiracism. Remember, they're coming to get you, Barbara.